This is the Right Guys Podcast, where we say it's time to put up or shut up. And now your hosts, Josh Hammerling and Max McGuire. Welcome back. Another edition of the Right Guys Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. I'm Josh Hammerling. Welcome to it. Welcome. Welcome to it. This is a topic that has kind of been uh, something we've been talking about doing for a few weeks. Yeah. And um it's a topic that we didn't know if we wanted to go down this road. Didn't know if it was time if it made sense to go down this road because the people that we're going to be talking about um have a have a pretty solid history of going after anyone who criticizes them. Sure. So on this episode, we're going to spend less time criticizing them, these people, because I, I do think that there are a lot of people who fall into the categories we're going to be talking about who are good people but are just making terrible mistakes. We're going to talk about the way that election fraud's being discussed. Now, Josh, I don't want to speak for you, but at least on my end, everything I've seen from the 2020 election it just smells off. It looks off, smells oh, yeah. off. The Very obvious. I mean, the fact that the polling is completely different now and the polling was completely different then, it's, just, it's very yeah. obvious that the will of the American people wasn't actually, like, done. Yeah, on that night of the election, we watched the, the Biden votes jump, right? They just went straight up, 100% for Joe Biden, which, you know, any status... Anybody who knows statistics would say it's om- it's it's virtually impossible for that to happen. I don't think there's ever been something like that that's occurred. I've never seen something like that in the cycles when they they put the they chart the data. We've never seen like these huge spikes for just one side. And I remember all three of us in the room were just looking at each other in total dismay. Like w- what happened? And you, you realize that the Georgia thing was most likely one of the reasons everything started to go sideways, right? I mean. All the things pop up. There's a there's an emergency. The, the, there's a glitch. You know, all these excuses come up, and boom, the whole outcome, like the whole night changes, yeah. Max. And it, we just we're just dumbfounded. I mean, I think I remember you just hitting one more beer because you're like, well, this is this might as well just drink now. And yeah. then I mean, there was a few few libations that night, but we were drinking it, you know, our sorrows away. That's what we were seeing happen live in front of our faces, and it, it was a man. It was a heartbreaker. I was more shocked than anything. Like. All I could think of was that they stole it. They found the votes. They stole it. And just so we all are clear, going into the next day, day after the election. Oh, lost Josh. He'll be back in a second. Ah, we lost you for a second. You're back? Yeah, I'm back. All right. So we'll edit this together. Sorry, man. (laughs) Uh, We'll edit this together. This is pre-recorded. I'm traveling on Friday. I can say it now because he won't see it until it's actually air. Going to surprise my father for Thanksgiving. Everyone oh. else in the family knows I'm coming except for my father. So I'm bringing the kids that's for Thanksgiving. Um, so that's exciting. why we're pre-recording this on Thursday because I'm traveling tomorrow on Friday. Um, so what we were talking about before you just glitched out a little bit. We all knew that there was something off. Something mm-hmm. wrong. And, and it, it, you can feel it in your gut. Um, the, the way I've described it to people is um, there's a phenomenon in animation, in computer animation, called the Uncanny Valley. And the Uncanny Valley describes what happens when a human being 
sees a computer generated character that looks kind of human, mm. but you can just tell something's off. And so like you 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 look at like it just makes you uncomfortable. Like like Toy Story. Yeah. Yeah. Like they did a really good job at animating the toys, but the humans look creepy as heck, right? Yeah. And yeah. so the Uncanny Valley is how you can look at a computer animated human being and it just you feel uncomfortable because you know it's not real. Yeah. Now it's getting to the point where they're looking pretty real. Yeah. But you, you can, can still, still feel it though. You still have that feeling yeah. that like it's not quite right. It's just it just isn't quite right. Yeah. And 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 it's a feeling of, it, it's a feeling of unease, right? And this goes all oh, the way yeah. back through like Biolo- biological evolutionary beliefs of like trusting other human beings and when you see something just isn't quite right makes you uneasy that's how i've always described the 2020 election because you look at it and it, you just get this feeling of of uneasiness Unease. seeing right. seeing trucks of ballots come into detroit at 3 a.m just happening to correspond with a massive joe biden 100 spike where he took the lead Right. Yeah. The pipe burst, the, the pipe burst the pipe in burst, Georgia, yeah. they send all of the uh, election monitors home and then they pull out a little suitcase out from under a table and they scan those ballots over and over. Allegedly. Um, yeah. Funny. The way you know that that wasn't really right is that Joe Biden gave those people the Medal of Freedom. The, the what? people who were involved in that. Yeah, they got Bull. the Medal of Freedom. Bull. Yeah, For you what? know that. What, what what actions oh, yeah, did they yeah. do that that were that, that required them to get that award? I mean, um, how did they earn it? What they, they, that's interesting. They, could, they took they took the slings and arrows of us conspiracy theorists. Yeah, I want to make sure it actually is a medal, freedom. But they, it, they got a medal. So, yeah, here we go. Like that that makes me want to like. Like reach through the screen and 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 just that doesn't make any sense. I mean, is that all it takes? Is that Shamos? Shamos, Ruby Freeman, remember them? Gotta be careful what we say because they're suing everyone who's talking about them. Yeah, they got the Medal of Freedom, Presidential Medal of Freedom. Incredible. Um, The same Ruby Freeman that was we watched the video of as she was walking through work Mm -hmm. and she's got a surprise plan. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that Ruby All, Freeman, I got the that right person. Same. Right? Yep. Yep. So that's how you know, like, that's how you retroactively can tell something's not right. But like, we can tell what's wrong the day after the election. And then you mentioned the three of us: me, you, Joe Oldman, our yeah. old boss. Yeah. Um, I, I, was Apollo there at the time? I don't know if Apollo was involved. I don't know full time. I know the three of us were sitting there yeah. having drinks, watching the watching the returns. So the day after we dive headfirst into trying to figure out how it was stolen yeah what was done to steal it and we we had episodes where we featured a lot of different theories mm-hmm. a lot of different theories of how it could have been stolen what could have been done to yeah. affect the results the way that they were affected yeah. some of those theories have panned out more than others some of the other ones, like what we'll talk about in a little bit, Joe Von Pulitzer saying there was bamboo in the paper, that didn't pan out, right? Didn't pan mm-hmm. out. A lot of the kinematic artifact stuff that Joe Von has has presented didn't pan out. Didn't pan, but we yeah, presented yeah, them as theories. Tell. 
We presented them as theories. And a theory is still a theory, even if there is a mountain of circumstantial evidence sur surrounding it. Right? Yeah. Like, as I just said, in Detroit, 3 a.m., massive spike for Joe Biden. Happened to correspond right around the same time that these vans showed up. And people unloaded ballots that didn't seem to be in lockboxes, didn't seem to be mm -hmm. uh, taken care of the way that ballots in a proper chain of custody should be taken care yeah. of. So you can you can make that presumption that that had something to do with the X caused Y. Mm -hmm. But until you get those ballots, you can't definitively prove it. It remains Correct. a theory. It remains a theory. The issue I am having, and this is an issue that drove a wedge between me and the folks over at Conservative Daily was the th the jump from a theory to a certainty without presenting the evidence to justify that assertion of certainty. And by that, I mean saying that I know how it was stolen. This is how it was mm -hmm. stolen. Mm -hmm. And then not providing evidence to prove that assertion. And it's not just the people I conserve daily who are guilty of this. Lots of um, people in the election integrity movement have done this. And they, they haven't made these assertions with evidence behind them. They've made these assertions largely with circumstantial evidence of saying, well, look at this. This means this and that means that. So therefore, I'm right. It's a, it's a theory. Yeah. But you've got to dive deeper. You got to dive deeper. And the problem now is that we are three years, three years mm. this past week mm -hmm. after that stolen election. Yeah. And we aren't really any closer to taking something from a theory to a, a, a assertion of certainty. And there are people in the movement who claim to possess the evidence necessary to definitively prove theories, but they aren't releasing them for one reason or another. And while all of this is happening, we have January Sixers in prison. Mm -hmm. We have Donald Trump facing, I think, 717 years potentially yeah. mm -hmm. in prison if he's convicted on the a maximum sentence. sentence. Yeah. It's a Even if they don't get him on everything, it's at his age, they only have to get him on a couple for it to be a death sentence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's presuming that he survives prison. Right. Because we don't know how that shakes out. A president has never gone to prison. So we have that. We have all of the co-defendants wrapped up in all mm -hmm. of these cases pleading guilty to crimes that aren't crimes. Like at every single one of these junctures, look at January 6th. January 6th is not they've classified January 6th as an attempt to disrupt the legitimate transfer of power. Well, for every election integrity, I call them election integrity influencer, for every one of those influencers who claim to have evidence of fraud but are deliberately not sharing it, what you are doing is you are denying all of those January 6ers a defense. Because the greatest defense against allegations that you have interrupted the lawful transfer of power is to prove that it's an unlawful transfer of power. And at that point, you're entitled to stop an unlawful transfer of power. Look at Donald Trump, yeah. look at his classified documents. That bullshit. That goes away if you prove that he didn't lose the 2020 election. 
Yeah. And he should have been president all the time. Right? The Rico case. The Rico case presumes yeah. that he didn't actually believe it. If you prove it was stolen, the Rico case goes away because he has every right to fight back against an unlawful rigged election. So all of these things, like just look at the man who just had his house raided in New Jersey of SWAT teams. That goes away if the people who claim to have the evidence that the election was stolen actually prove it. And what we're seeing time and time again is that they're refusing to release this information because they don't want harm to come to someone because they say it's proprietary and they have a patent. Meanwhile, (laughs) the government's allowed to keep doing what it's doing. Conservatives are continuing to suffer. And these election integrity experts are allowed to keep chugging along. Mm Mm-hmm. And ethically, if you've it's, got it's the evidence, ethically, if you have the evidence, wouldn't you want it to see the light of day? Isn't the whole point of having the proof to present the proof so that everyone may see the truth in light? And that's what I want to see. I want to see the truth. If you have the ways and the means to help these people find their freedom, to, to prevent the government from coming down with the major hard hammer on them, then, then show us. You know, set these people free. Right now, they... they they're 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 almost martyrs for for everything we've done, and we can't let them their sacrifice be forgotten. And if we can help them and set them free, let's do it today. Put a press conference yeah. out there, show it, give it to the world. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. call the news, get it out there, make sure everybody in the whole world can see it. Go to the top of the mountain and start preaching it, and yeah. show us we need it. We need it. So where is it? Yeah. That's my question now: is where is it? So I want to start with talking about Jovan Pulitzer, a.k.a. Jeffrey Filiaw. Um, I I don't think I ever met him in person. All of the correspondence I had hit with him when I was at Conservative Daily was over emails of him threatening to sue us because we had the audacity of replaying our own footage that he was on. Mm-hmm. Were we letting him audacity present his of doing that. Yes. The audacity of it. And from that moment, I said, okay, this, 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 is, this is really strange. How can you claim to be fighting to make sure that a fraudulent election isn't certified and simultaneously threatening to sue anyone who replays the footage of your appearance on their show? Yeah. I, I, how, does that, how does that work? It, it just crazy. doesn't. It's, 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 it's the mental gymnastics. And I don't... I'm not arguing that people don't have the right to be paid for their work. There's a lot of people who have, who have put a lot of time and effort into attempts to audit Maricopa, to investigate allegations of fraud, and they deserve to be complicated, compensated. This isn't volunteer effort, right? But to threaten to sue what I've seen is almost anyone who dares share a report that you published on your own platform by saying that it's proprietary that it's it's copyrighted that you have a patent on it i mean that's that's the work of a patent troll not someone who actually wants to get the job done and fix a rigged stolen election 
So I have this, and I, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, Josh. I don't but know. I'll put, it, I'll put it up on the screen. This was an email. An email between the people in the Maricopa audit, you know, Doug Logan, Karen Fan, she's a senator, and going on about the demands that Joe Vine was making of them. So remember, you had Cyber Ninjas, Doug Logan's mm-hmm. outfit was doing the audit, and he had sub, he was subcontracting with Joe Vine Pulitzer. Oh and these are some of the demands. I'll read this off right here. And Jovan demands at the very least co-ownership of any report he creates as well as full ownership of any new data created by his process. But under the Senate MSA, any report content you give to the Arizona Senate is the intellectual property of the Senate. Unless you are not planning to illustrate or quote Jovan's work in the reports you submit to the Senate, signing Jovan's contracts under Jovan's terms violates the Senate MSA. In my conversation with Jovan, he stated that his intellectual property terms were non-negotiable he stated that if we refused his terms he would publicly state your whole audit process was a sham and his statement would inspire a riot in arizona oh when i repeated back what he had said to clarify what he meant he cursed me out for five minutes for insulting him and threatened to end the call similarly when he spoke to mark earlier joe von stated that the contract needed to be entered into or all hell would break loose I strongly recommend that you use someone else given upon Jovan's explosive temper and willingness to threaten your project to get his way. He got angry and yelled for five minutes when I had to explain to him that our conversations were not protected by attorney-client privilege because he was not my client. He seems like he would be a terrible witness given his tendency to blow up when told he is wrong. Based on my technology discussions with Gene, it does not appear that Gene is fully aware of the technology Jovan plans to use and may be capable, question mark, of doing the same work. I am not thrilled to give you this advice because Jovan is likely to blame me publicly and send his online fans after me if you don't use him. But I agree with Mark's earlier email that using Jovan is inviting a lawsuit. And that was signed by Kennedy Spafford, who was uh, attorney with Spafford Law. Wow. So put yourself in the shoes of someone okay. offering to help with an audit. Okay. And saying, I know how it was stolen. Mm-hmm. I can prove how it was stolen. But demanding that they sign a contract that would prohibit your report from actually being included in the final report because you claim sole ownership of it. Even though someone else has paid you to perform a re- produce a report for them, you yeah. still claim ownership of it. And if they deny your right to fully monetize what the people of Arizona were paying for you to do, you threaten to start, or, sorry, inspire, I think Liar. inspire a riot, yeah. inspire a riot, according to this lawyer's communications with Doug Logan and Aaron Fan. Wow. I mean... That doesn't sound like Someone who actually wants to fix the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. That sounds like someone who wants to put the fine, have the people of Arizona pay for the work and then put the findings behind a paywall. That's what that yeah. sounds like. And yet he continues to be an expert in the movement. That's he why I mean, an expert. And to keep all the data on top of it. I mean, there, there, there's a lot there that would just go against so many laws when it, when you deal with any any branch of the government, yeah. right? Like when, when you enter stuff into the public realm like that, that comes the property of the government that 
when they paid you to do something for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not like he had a, I'm not aware that it's just like this private machine that he's he's doing all this work on. I don't know, but it, it just sounds like he's making a play for cash. I don't know. And and I've looked through it. If I get something wrong, Jovan, you're free to, to correct me. What it looks like is his technology basically looks, it scans a piece of paper at a very, very fine level and detects uh, mistakes of what he calls kinematic artifacts. Folds, smudges, um, the kind of thing that if it was printed by a laser printer would look different than if it was, the oval was filled in by a Sharpie, right? Or a pen or a pencil. Um, So basically it's a very, very fine zoomed in scanner double side scanner mixed with a, a, according to his patent mm-hmm. technology that automatically does what you or I would do or anyone else, which is look at it and determine what you're seeing. Sure. That's what his technology, uh, according to my understanding of his patents, that's what his technology does. Um, which it, again, it, that, that patent, I believe that patent was right around when everyone's scrambling to try and fix 2020 prove how it's stolen. Um, it's very strange to have everyone running around like a chicken with their head cut off, trying to frantically figure it out. And Jovan's patenting something and then trying to make sure. money off of it while also keeping the, the rights to the work product. People can interpret can, that as they yeah. will, but I have a hard time with someone claiming that they know how the election was stolen getting paid, wanting to get paid by the people to do the work and then claiming sole ownership of the work product or at least it's ownership a, of the work product. It's like a double uh, dip, on, triple dip. Type of work product. Yeah. It's a triple dip. Right? I, I get paid here. I get paid there and I make money off this. If that's what he's doing, that's it's kind of a brilliant scheme. I, I mean, brilliant idea. I almost call it something else, but it doesn't fix the 2020 election. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't but... get us any closer to figuring out what actually happened. I want to know what happened. How did it, it go south? Right. That's what everybody's been looking for. You always said it was just good old fashioned election fraud. Just roll in the ballots, run them in the machine and boom, do it in a few counties, in a few key states. President is elected. And we've talked about this over and over and uh, over. I, it's good I, old fashioned. Yeah. I... After everything I've seen, I continue to believe that it's more likely that the old-fashioned fraud of taking other people's ballots, harvesting ballots from old-age homes, right, stealing people's early ballots, um, uh, harvesting legitimate ballots, but by people paid to do it in states where it's illegal, like dumping, like, 30 ballots into a ballot drop-off when you're only allowed by law to drop, like, Two or three. Two or three, yeah. Um, that, to me, I, I look and I see the footage, and that's what I see. In yeah. terms of the other stuff, when it comes to the technology, without a doubt, there's vulnerabilities, right? And yeah. the fact that there's vulnerabilities alone justify closing those vulnerabilities. Yeah. But unless you can prove that those vulnerabilities were utilized, it's still just a theory. It's still just a theory. And I'm not saying that because I don't want it to be correct, right? But if you if you say, oh, the machine, they, they said that the machine doesn't have a Wi-Fi dongle and we open up the machine and it does have a Wi-Fi dongle. Yeah. That means the election was stolen by a hacker. 
there's a logical jump there. It's possible, but you still have to prove it. Yeah. And it's, you still it's have all to bullshit it. until it's proved, proven. And there was lots of red flags in all those machines. There was lots of red flags when the USBs were being plugged in and out of machines. But I think it was in Michigan. I mean, you know, there was no chain of custody in a lot of the, the, yeah. the update software, right? Yeah. I mean, there was, there's, there's all these things that say this smells funny, but nobody's ever been able to say in one cohesive argument that this is how it happened, right? Yeah. And that's the, that's the beauty of being able to steal something like this is it, it becomes so impossible to prove you never can. And that's what they're banking on, right? And it wasn't it, just that. It wasn't just that. After the 2020 election, we saw in many of the jurisdictions where they were preparing to do an audit, we saw the software either automatically uh, update and clear yeah. the cache so you couldn't see what happened. Or in some cases, based on my recollection, if I'm wrong, yeah. feel free to correct me, uh, actual workers for these companies showing up and doing work on the machines to clear the cache so you couldn't see the keystrokes of what had happened that election. And just to show you how fishy that is, after the, those automatic or manual updates happened, you could still, in many of these precincts, see the keystrokes from the previous election, election. And two elections yeah. ago, and three elections, and four elections ago, but you couldn't see the keystrokes from 2020. What about all the paper ballots that disappeared? Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that is fishy as hell. It is. Let's look into that. Let's look into that lawfully, legally. Mm -hmm. Let's look into it. But to say that, oh, an election machine worker showed up and now we can't see what happened, that means he must have been covering up fraud. That is a logical jump. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's a logical jump. And I firmly Mm -hmm. believe, I've said this for years, Never assign malice when something can be easily explained by ineptitude. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> usually, usually it's ineptitude. But you have to prove it. You have yeah. to, have to prove it. And what frustrates, well, I'll, I'll let you talk because I've been going on a diatribe. It's okay. I love to listen half the time. <laughs> I, but all the, 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 the paper ballots disappeared. You know, the doors were left open to some of these cases where they wanted to bring this back. I mean, people were just showing up with ballot machines, right? And being able to pull stuff off of Amazon or not Amazon, but like eBay, right? I mean, there was just so much that went on. And how hungry were we to actually find evidence, Max? Everybody wanted yeah. it. Like we were salivating. We wanted yeah. people to come out and say, wave the flag. It is wrong. This did not happen. We need this to change. And like our whole goal was to try to find people who knew the truth so they could lay that out for the public to see because that's all that we could really do right i mean i was never involved with anything trying to do that you 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 were not on the the streets trying to find where all this evidence was we were just trying to find the people that did right and we wanted that message out there we so wanted it to be right and then all we've gotten from it is just i i don't think we've gotten really any evidence from anybody you know i i don't trust what those uh the findings from um who we were just talking about when it comes out, man, because I'm not even sure how like the technology works. We can't even look at how his no. technology is working to, to see how we'd be proving stuff because it's yeah. patented. Yeah. And if it's the truth and you've got a patented system, I mean, I would want to show that off. So somebody would want to buy what I do. So down the road, it, it can be used again and utilized. Yeah. 
we've been so, hoping next and nothing's happened. I yeah. mean, it's three years later. So there's, there was an episode on conserve daily where I was on with Joe and we had David Clemens on mm. and I asked David Clemens about peer review, about this, this issue of why are so many people fighting to uncover election fraud, but refusing any, to let anyone else look at their work uh, uh, challenge their work. I mean, that's part of the scientific method, right? You have a theory, you perform an experiment, you have your results, you mm-hmm. publish your results and how you got them. So other yes. people can try to reproduce your experiment and yeah. they can either prove it or disprove it or pick holes in it. And you know what? That just means you start over and you do it again. Yeah. Doesn't mean you failed. Thomas Edison uh, I believe it was Thomas Edison. He said that all those times that he failed at making a light bulb, it wasn't a failure. He just discovered hundreds or thousands of ways not to build a light bulb. Mm-hmm. So that's the scientific method. But when people hide their work, refuse to let anyone peer review it, it's a real problem. So here is uh, a clip from that conservative daily episode, me asking Professor Clements about that. An A team that was set up to do the machine work. And that A team got whittled down to the D team. Um, I think we've got experts on machine level as long as we can. And and because as soon as you let people know who they are, they get interfered with. Um, What I'll tell you is that we've got people that are on the caliber of Dr. Shiva, but are all over the machines. And so I'm, I'm very confident we know who they are. Um, I think you can see some of the work that was done out in Michigan and Antrim County, uh, folks in those circles. And I think that to, to, to date, the Antrim County machine expert reports were the best ones. Yeah, they were it's the good best to hear. Go ahead. It's good to hear that there's going to be peer review. Dave, as a professor, could you ever imagine publishing a paper and having no one read it until it's seen by the public? I mean, it just seems so absurd. Right before you even go through the peer review process, you're, you're you're handing it to the professor down the hall, right? You're giving it to a colleague at another university. Hey, what do you think about this? Just did I miss anything? Because you want to make sure it's the best work possible, and it's not just a Joe Von Dig. We're seeing this all over the movement of people trying to make their reports almost proprietary, like no one can see it until it finally gets out. And then we see people at the at USA Today picking it apart, and like, well, wait, if you had just shown it to us, we could have told you, hey. You- you missed this step. Oh, he was a rounding error. What, what do you think about this? It, Cause it's not just a Jovan thing. It's all over the place of, of people just refusing to, to cooperate and have other people look over their work. Yeah. I, I think, look, to, if I wanted to be super fair to people withholding stuff, um, you have to understand that the media is not your friend. We have to understand that there, you're going to have political bottlenecks. And part of this is just being strategic to ensure that people that aren't working in good faith, can't sabotage the movement. That's the only only classification of, okay, let's be smart about what we reveal. But at some point, you have to know that your report needs to stand on its own merits. And within your community, you need to share it far and wide because there might be insights that other experts have with your data that are promising. So even though we've got a prime contractor and experts that will be working on certain schedules that are laid out for the audit, uh, within our trusted community, whether it's a Jeff O'Donnell or a Draza Smith or other experts across the country, we're going to give them our information because they're going to find stuff that we need to know about. Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, it feels blast from the past. I need to shave. 
I think if I shaved, yeah. I'd look a you, lot better. You had a fresh haircut that day, too. Uh, I, I had thought. a fresh haircut. I yeah, had, I mean, I you had just gotten fresh. it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> peer review is so important, Max. I, I mean, you. you want people to break your work down. You, yeah. Anybody who's worked in the scientific anything, in social sciences, you want somebody to look at what you've done to see if the data is, is factual, if your results are repeatable, right? And it's so important to have this stuff that's repeatable. And I'm just not seeing that with the majority of what we were given. I want I want people to try as hard as they freaking can to prove I'm wrong. Because yeah, the yeah. last thing I want to do is put my name on something that gets published and then I get embarrassed after the fact of oh you rounding error, oh you forgot this, forgot that. I mean, that's what happened with Jovan. Jovan's work for the Maricopa I believe it was the Maricopa audit. There's another conservative daily episode. We won't play the whole thing, but we'll play a little bit of it. Um, I was not invited to participate in this episode. I, I distinctly remember this was one that I was I was told that we don't need you, which yep. always which always piqued my curiosity because uh, I thought I asked pretty good questions and it could and it could uh, drive the conversation in different ways. But this is one where I wasn't. They didn't want me around. Of Doctor Shiva refuting, uh, picking holes which is what you'd want to happen in a pre-review process. Let's watch a little bit of this. This was put out by an individual, uh, Jeffrey, I think, uh, Philia, a.k.a., uh, I think, Jovan Pulitzer, JP, we'll call him. And this uh, was, and by the way, what I'm sharing right now is, Joe, it's what you sent me. You sent me about six images to review, okay? Yes. And so this was one of those images, which is called a batch modification report. It looks very, very complicated. And what you see here is a image um, where it says that 12%, 12.06% of a particular batch of ballots, and it's referring to, let me walk you through this. So this diagram, what it says is, according to its author, is clear, quote unquote, evidence of election fraud in Maricopa County, Okay. David, going back to what you call, it's a presentation of evidence, but let's really unpack this. What's really going on here? Well, first of all, up here is the a number that says that there were 24 ballots that were modified. You see that? 24. Out of, right here, 199 ballots, so 24 divided by 99 comes to this 12.06, okay? So 24 ballots were modified out of 199, so you get 12.06, one out of 88 ballots. And by the way, I think there are 10,000 of these uh, created, so we're only looking at one of them that was sent to us, meaning uh, many batches were analyzed uh, with these kinds of images. But one would leave after looking at this thing, it's really a misrepresentation of adjudication because it says 12%, one out of eight of ballots were, in this case, modified, okay? So is this accurate, okay? Um, and by the way, if this is accurate, this would affect all batches, about 10,000 that were apparently reviewed and analyzed by the author and represented as evidence. So let's go a little bit deeper into this. So first of all, there's a number of errors here. First of all, um, you know, it's when we're doing audits, you have to be right with your numbers. So 200 ballots are in this batch, not 199, okay? It's one to 200 okay all right zero to so, two, zero to 199 yes i mean there's First different count. but you know what i'm saying the ordinal count but it's right. 200 ballots 
The second error is there's only 16 ballots that were adjudicated, not 24. And I'll show you all the data on this. Um, next fact is given that there's 60 races per ballot, if you want to think about it from potential adjudications, that would have been 12,000 potential adjudications. The fact is that 24 adjudications over 12,000 would be 0.02%. Now, the reality out of 200 ballots, 16 ballots were adjudicated, right? Modified. Mm -hmm. That would be 8%, not 12.06%. Okay. So I, I put, I, we don't have to play the whole thing. People can go back and watch that. But it's yeah. interesting that just in this one batch, it's like the report is wrong about how many were in the batch. Every batch has 200. That one only had 99 in it, right? It claimed that 24 ballots had been um, adjudicated. It was actually 16, right? And when you crunch those numbers, it completely changes. It completely changes it. And what mm -hmm. that clip goes on to show is it actually goes through the adjudications. And these were not adjudications about the presidential race. These were adjudications where people accidentally filled in two ovals for like a court race and mm -hmm. they did two ovals and they crossed out one and put an arrow next to the other one. So it has to go through adjudication process. Any write-in automatically goes to adjudication so that people mm -hmm. can say, okay, what did they actually write? What did they mean? So when you look at this and you see, you look at that and you, and you believe, oh my goodness, 12% of the ballots were, were modified. Trump, oh yeah, Trump's a huge it was stolen it, from Trump. But yeah. when you look at it, you say, okay, well, no, these these modifications were for things like uh, write-ins, which weren't Trump or Biden, for lower ballot races, and that they were legitimate. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, when in a few cases, when multiple ovals were filled in, no vote was cast. The, the adjudicator said, you know, I can't tell which one's actually real. Sorry vote doesn't count yeah that's the point so, of it that's the kind of stuff that you want to be peer-reviewed mm. so that you can find those errors and make sure that you have the right information going out into the public because a 12 there's a big you're difference off by a third going from 12 to 8 percent is you're off by yeah. a third yeah and to see that that actually didn't have anything to do with the presidential race but presenting it in a way that makes it seem like it did, it just, it feels dishonest. It, and that yeah. can all get wrapped up if, if you just go through a peer review process, which is what that was. And imagine how many people will latch onto that and start reporting it and it not be true information, right? Because yeah. it, it, if it, it's provenance is suspect, but you're sitting there reporting it, that would essentially make you a liar, right? And yeah. if you were to try to put that out as fact, that makes you a fraud. And that's, I'm not saying that that's what they've done, but it, it certainly feels like that may have occurred. I mean, there's a big difference in numbers there, Max. You're talking about even larger batches. That would that would make it feel like, you know, tens of thousands of them were changed. And, and anybody who, who had any belief that the, the election was stolen, they would, they would latch onto that so hard. You could get so many people rallied on your side. You'd be able to get everybody listening to what you're saying, right? Because they want to hear it. You know, I don't want to be told what I want to hear. I want to be told what the truth is so I can start to, like, if the election was lost fair and square, then we need to up the game. Yeah. Period. Now, the All adjudication right? process is one of those vulnerabilities that need to be fixed 
regardless of whether you can prove it was exploited or not. The idea that that so many ballots can go to adjudication and that these machines, in many cases, can actually do the printing for the adjudicator. Mm-hmm. So you could theoretically send a blank ballot to adjudication and have the machine itself fill in the ovals. That that vulnerability alone needs to be filled. Yeah. Whether or not because... you can prove it was exploited, the vulnerability itself is too much of a risk to allow to exist. Period. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a private company and you found a vulnerability in your system like that, you would do everything in your power to fix it before yeah. somebody finds it. I've talked to tech guys before, and that's what they tell you. If you you hope to find the vulnerability yourself before someone else does, if you know it exists, yeah. you must fix it. Otherwise, you're not doing your diligence as that as that individual, right? You would do it. You have to fix it. You have to. You have to. And what's been crazy about this all? We've talked about the Jovan. And listen, Jovan has his people. He has a lot of followers who who listen to his every podcast. And they will follow him to the gates of hell. That's fine. If Jovan has the evidence that he said he has, the evidence that he says is proprietary and he has a, a copyright and it's his right, no one else is allowed to share it. If you have that evidence, you have a moral, ethical, and ethical obligation to put it out there. Mm-hmm. As many eyeballs can see it as possible to affect change. Not to have January 6ers rotting in prison because they can't mount a defense that their actions were legitimate because the election was stolen. Right. You, you have to put it out there. What's yeah. strange is that Jovan, Jeffrey Filia, uh, whatever he goes by, um, he is demanding that other people present evidence that he himself seems reluctant to present. And this is where, we take the turn to our former boss, Joe Oltman. Okay. Joe Oltman has made the public claim that he was on what he calls an Antifa call and that he overheard someone he has pinpointed as being Eric Coomer. Mm-hmm. And he has claimed that Eric Coomer on that call said something to the effect of Donald Trump won't win. I made effing sure of it. These are Joe Oltman's claims. I wasn't on the call, not my claims. Not mine either. He has not presented a recording of that, though many people on the internet seem to believe that the recording has been published. He's presented handwritten notes. And those handwritten notes are are here. Now, I'm not going to get into whether or not Joe was a note taker. He he had notebooks. Um, My time with him, he was more glued to his phone or computer than he was a notebook but this is what he's presented as evidence that the call happened now he has said that he knows people who can vouch that that he that the call happened and he has said that there is a source that helped him get on this call but oltman has refused to divulge that source's name someone who was previously in antifa for fear that that Antifa member, reformed or or not, could suffer threats or acts of violence against them and their family, which is a legitimate fear. And anyone who claims that they're a journalist always has to worry about 
the well-being of any source that they mm-hmm. purport to have. The issue, though, and this is where I have a really hard time understanding this, is given the sheer volume of conservatives who are suffering, languishing in prison, Donald Trump facing over 700 years in prison, all of these co-defendants having to mortgage their homes to pay for their legal defenses and, and taking really crappy plea deals to avoid felony charges. All of that suffering might not instantaneously go away, but it would go away. Yeah. If Joe Altman has the evidence that he says he has, produces the source, and proves that the call happened. It seems, in, in the, the scales of justice... Balancing those scales. It seems that justice is without a doubt best served by proving the call happened, not by allowing so many people to suffer, languish, and face prison time. Yeah. It seems like a really easy decision. But as Joe said on his podcast earlier this week, he will never, never reveal the source. Let's play the clip that Laura said is that she's not going to stop and she's looking for retribution. That is actually my favorite word, retribution. And Apollo, we were on the phone call this morning and I was, I was hot. I was angry. Um, and I was angry because I was told, why don't you just, why don't you just give up the Antifa guy? Right. And what was my answer, Apollo? Never, not a chance. Absolutely not. Why? Why wouldn't I do it? Why? I mean, come on. Why, why wouldn't? Why wouldn't anyone just save their own skin, put it out there, have the evidence, wash their hands like this, file a lawsuit against Coomer and Dominion Voting Systems for what they've done to my family? Why wouldn't I do it? Back for life. Got to pause that. Got to pause that briefly. I, if the guy is a member of Antifa, it seems very strange that the reason not to reveal the source to prove the call happened would be loyalty. That feels weird. Mm-hmm. Respect for life. Again, the scales of justice. If Donald Trump is convicted and sent to prison, unless he wins the presidency and that guarantees his escape or his release if he goes to prison on these charges he will likely die in prison yeah it feels like the scales of justice are best balanced by protecting the many to prove that this happened it it just seems like a no-brainer yeah you would effectively turn into a hero if you did because the proof that it actually happened would be the ultimate sacrifice. It would, it, you would be able to prove it. Yeah. You, you would be ultimately right. You would be able to go in front of everyone and say, I was correct. I have this. Here it is. But we, is it, has it happened? No. And I think of all the people that have been touched by that. It goes to, yeah. to Lindell. Tucker Carlson, yeah. Giuliani, yeah. all those all those people were touched yeah. by it. They've all been damaged in some way. All They've the MyPillow employees. All of them, yeah. yeah. I mean, Lindell's, he must be fighting for his, his legal life. I mean, look at all the people that, that 
below Trump that were brought in in his cabinet who have been charged with things. And this is all based essentially on, on whether this proof comes out because it Tucker all goes Carlson, away in the as moment. As you said, Tucker Carlson yeah. lost his show. Yeah. One America News Network is like practically off the air. They might be yeah. on the air on a couple of carriers, but they're pretty much off the major carriers last time I checked. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just seems like if your interest is justice and balancing those scales, it's an easy decision to make. Yeah. Where I think it gets easier to ex- understand the motivations is you hear him explain why he why he would do it, and he talks about how it would solve his problems, make his life easier, allow him mm-hmm. to file a lawsuit, which is fine. He's had a lot of a lot of slings and arrows thrown his way. Sure. Perfectly fine to to think of in terms of uh, ways that would help him, but you don't hear in that response about how that would save Donald Trump potentially from prison. Help all of the all of the January 6th defendants have an active defense in claiming that their actions even if they were what the government alleges were legitimate because the certification was illegitimate uh illegitimate. You don't hear that. And Think and about... that's the problem that's the problem to me. Yeah, you you could be you could be the nation's hero. You would actually be able to affect real change and put real light that a group of people were doing something to steal the election. It would be that simple. It, it's a made for TV movie. If you end up just releasing it and, and, and why is the, why the delay max? That's what I can't figure out is why wait so long. If you've got it, show it, scream it, yeah. put it on the mountain, like put it, yeah. you know, put it in the sky for everybody to yeah. see the internet. I mean, flood everything and then go after people with the truth, yeah. right? You would I, be I, armed with yeah. everything. I was looking at, I was crunching numbers in preparation for the show and like a, a pretty basic 24 seven security detail. The number that kept getting uh, put out at me was pay about fi- between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars a day for, for two to three shifts of people mm-hmm. to protect you nonstop. Now, if you have bona fide threats against your life, that probably goes up, up, but that seems to be like the baseline. Mm-hmm. Of like the 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 most basic one bodyguard, multiple people having multiple shifts, twenty four seven. That comes out to around half a million dollars a year. Wow. If you think about all of the legal fees that mm-hmm. have been paid, not just for Joe Oltman's case, but all of these cases for all of the co defendants. Mm-hmm. If the risk, if if the worry is that the source who can confirm it all happened would face threats pool the resources together, get him in witness protection, get him 24-7 security detail, and 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 put the information out there. If the money is getting spent anyway on lawyers and legal fees, then then pay for... And that's a very simplistic way to look at it. I get it. But in a world where you have all these co-defendants spending millions of dollars over the last three years, you feel like there's money to protect this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be out there. And then Max, think about all the lawsuits that went down against Fox and, and, and Tucker and the ramifications that would have on those cases. If the, the, the evidence is released. I mean, it was, I mean, it had to be hundreds of millions from Fox, right. And Tucker's job. Now he's going to go make a mint doing what he's doing now, but, Imagine that lawsuit, like all that gets thrown out of case. Every lawsuit that everybody's paid. 
Fox settled, Newsmax settled, OAN yes. settled. They're they're just yep. going co-defendant uh, co by co-defendant and getting their money. If the call happened, you save all of these news agencies hundreds of millions of dollars. Dollars, right? Jobs. You save people's lives. Yes. Lindell's people get to keep their jobs, and I still get to get my pillows and towels and yeah. slippers. Right? I mean, the that's... country, the country, and the country's trajectory is better off with Tucker Carlson on the airwaves. He's done a great job on Twitter. I'm not going to take that away from him, but having him on the airwaves every night, the country's in a better place when he's reading the news, not a who's who collage yeah. of, of Fox anchors. I don't yeah, know. I, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the really bad part about this is if, if none of it's released, all you're doing is empowering the other side to continue what they're doing. Nothing will change, and then you will lose every single election from here on out. Because if the fraud works the first time, they'll do it the second time, and they'll do it the third time. And by then, you've eliminated all your political enemies yeah. because now they're all been brought up on charges of of yeah. fraud and and, and and like terrorist acts, right? Yeah, the FBI is knocking in your political opponents' homes. The IRS starts audit, auditing you hard, and nothing goes away. They have a duty and a responsibility to make sure this doesn't happen again. If they have it, to give it to us. Where is yep, it? 100%. I'm ready. I'm ready. I want you to be right. And and what I can't wrap my head around. Listen, I, I know Joe Ullman's got a lot going on. I know he, he has a lot of stresses in his life. I get that. But I don't understand, even if this guy's completely reformed, why the answer would be loyalty to protect someone who was in, who was in Antifa. And I say that because every time Joe has discussed someone in Antifa and what they deserve, it seems to have been the opposite of protection. No. Yeah. Um, here is a clip. Here, here's a clip. I got a call. Speaking of evil demons, who's, you know, who likes to put balloons up his nose, I guess. Eric Machbach. <laughs> Right, doesn't that today? Yeah. It's Colorado Times Recorder who called to say that uh, he's read my deposition and I voted in Colorado and that uh, I should have voted in Texas. And because I'm a resident of Texas, that that I voted illegally in Colorado and I should have voted in Texas. So I got I called him a piece of trash and a bunch of, I told him I asked him if if killing himself was an option, I think. I did say that. I don't care. He's an Antifa demon. I mean, I wouldn't be killing a human. I'd be killing a demon. He'd be killing himself. And, and look, I, I'm not perfect. I, don't, I, I didn't say that I was Jesus. I said, I follow Jesus. And sometimes I say stuff. So at the very end, I said, when it clacks off, I pray it clacks off so that I can kick your teeth in. So I said that to him, the, the Antifa activist. But so, so I guess, but out of nowhere, it calls me and says, do you have any comment on this? I said, you're an Antifa. Uh, you're an Antifa terrorist. That's what you are. Write it. <laughs> yeah. Josh, if, if you if your neck goes back any further, we're gonna have to get you medical attention. Yeah, are, are the you human neck <laughs> cannot fly that far back. Oh my god, there's so much to unpack unpack there. I mean it, it, do you do you I don't know if he like there there's a lot there. Uh, yeah. First, I'm going to start with just is that was that a call to violence on this person inside oh, yes, yes. the call? 
Like yeah, the whole Plackoff thing bugged me. But 100%. what really grabbed me was the vote in Colorado, vote in Texas. I don't know if I want to even touch that because that's yeah. Listen, when I when I moved to Texas, the first thing I did was unregister to vote because I wanted mistakes. to make sure. I since, since Colorado has automatic mail-in voting, the last thing I wanted was my ballot yeah. sitting at an address in in Colorado so someone else could vote on my behalf. So as yeah. soon as I moved. Before I even left, I unregistered to vote. So yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know about that. That that's something that it's not a good look, but I don't know about that. I'm perplexed at how if you're an antifa, you're a demon and you're subhuman and therefore it's not violence, yeah. it's just whatever. How do you square the circle? How do you call have that call for violence or for someone to kill themselves? while simultaneously protecting someone in the same organization out of loyalty mm-hmm. and, and, and respect for life. How do you square that circle? I, I don't know, understand. Just, it's like, like you're saying, it's like putting the, the, the round peg in the square hole. It doesn't yeah. fit. I mean, you're trying to force it in there over and over and over, but it's just not going to make it through the slot. So either you have to shave pieces off the circle or, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. So it either is or isn't is really what you're we're getting at here. I mean, it, wow. That's, how, that's a really interesting how do statement. you, how do you talk about it's okay to kick someone's teeth in because they're an antifun that, that makes them a demon and it's okay to hope that they kill themselves somehow bringing in that that's what Jesus would have wanted. Very strange. How do you do that? And then say that someone else in the same organization needs to be protected at all costs, even if it means Joe Biden being fraudulently elected, even if it means Donald Trump dying in prison, even if it means every January 6th are rotting in prison because they can't prove that the election was stolen, that their actions were legitimate, even if they were as bad as the government claims. How do you you explain that? Mm -hmm. Which is it? Which is it? Is there loyalty to Antifa? Or are they demons? Which is it? I mean, it's like pushing one in with one hand and pushing them out away with the other. It doesn't make sense. It's I don't know how to how to square that, Max. That one there there was so much in that statement. I, I if I was a producer, I would have been screaming in the air. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, let's not say that, right? That's... Yeah, no, probably. <laughs> I mean, that that's the, that's a job of a good producer. You know, there's times you when know, you say something and times you know when what I would have been. You know, I, I would have been frantically typing on the keyboard. Kill the mic, kill the mic. Oh, yeah, Turn off the yeah. studio lights. Pretend that Back there's a technical time, I would have been doing yeah. this one in the yeah. window, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I've been no, texting, no, texting. No, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, or break, break. Go to something else. Go to something yeah. else. Ad. Oh. Do an ad read. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> as if as if a sponsor wants to have an ad read next to that. Now, listen, at some point, if you have the evidence, you have to release it. And I'm sorry, saying that you respect life and that you have a loyalty to someone who was an Antifa, it just, it's it's bullshit. It, It just, it isn't, that's not a real argument. Especially by all of the good that can be caused. Like, by all means, do everything in your power to protect this guy. If he's reformed, if he saw the error of his ways, by all means, protect this guy. Yeah, we'll forgive. Absolutely. But I just, you can't say that Donald Trump just needs to rot in prison. I'm not going to release the proof 
that he could use as a defense because this unnamed guy deserves protection. I mean, we're to, this is a country of, I think, 350 million people, depending on how many illegals get caught and released on any given day. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere around 340, 350 million people. The future of these people, their descendants, their descendants, descendants, their descendants, 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 is guided by the trajectory of the country. Look at all the harm that Joe Biden is doing, has done. All the harm that could have been avoided by proving that the election was illegitimate. Mm -hmm. All of the harm that can be avoided still by getting Donald Trump elected instead of incarcerated. This information that Joe has, it can change the world if it is what he says it is. Mm -hmm. It can change the world. You don't sit on that no, and, and, and say, oh, no, I got to keep this guy, this Antifa guy safe. Every, all the other Antifa people can kill themselves, but this is one of the good ones. He's got to be safe at all costs. It, it just it doesn't pass the smell test. And I'm yeah. not going to get into the theories of whether the call happened. I'm not going to get into all that. Yeah. If Joe has what he says he has, if any of these election integrity experts have what they say they have, we are long past the point where they need to either shit or get off the pot. Sorry. I'm sorry. It is time to put up or shut up. The American people deserve it. If you have what you say you have, release it. God, you should have mic dropped that. You should have put the hand out there <laughs> when you did that one. I, yeah, listen, at this point, at this point, we got to. We can't be three yeah. years into this and say, oh, we can't prove it because the guys who have the evidence don't want to release it. What? Right. Put it's up true. or shut up. Listen, and, and, and I'm not involved in this stuff anymore. I'm not involved yeah. in calls with guests of that nature, involved with meetings, involved with investigative reporting on that. I'm not involved in that. If I was, I'd be screaming at the top of my lungs, release it. I would have been screaming at it a long yeah. time ago. But as, as we saw on, on some of those clips, the trajectory that conservative was taking, um, it was a path I didn't think. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel comfortable following them down. It was sad. It was, it was so much fun. It was. I got to yeah. admit, there were times it was great. So sometimes I really miss them. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> 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 you know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Yeah, yeah. But Max, well, that's it for this edition. Yeah. Um, Can I say I'm one a, more thing? Yeah. I, sure. I got it. I got this off my chest. If you have it, be a hero. Yeah. Get it out. Be everyone's hero. Because if you're not getting the evidence out and you're not being a hero, you're being a villain. Yeah. Comic book world. Yeah. You're either the good guy yeah. or the bad guy. Yeah. No shades of gray here. Nope. It's uh, not at all. Well, that's it for this edition. If you like this podcast, make sure you share it. Hit that share button, comment, 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 like, subscribe. Um, I'm going to be remote this coming week, so we'll still do the podcast, Josh. I have my mobile setup, which okay. strangely has a better camera than my desktop setup. So <laughs> Your mobile setups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. M mobile yeah. setup is like what they give like people in the field. Like <laughs> I'm a like, little jealous of it. You, you yeah. said what you had, and I was like, yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so we'll still do it next week. 
Um, we might have to pre-record things depending on the time schedules, but we'll still do episodes. So make sure everyone's in for and check. Yeah, and and check out all of the links in the description if you want to help support the show. Or uh, or yeah, that's it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. I'm Josh Harley. And remember, the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. And if people who have the evidence release the evidence. See you next time. See ya.